0: Welcome to the Senior Pet Podcast, a show dedicated to giving our senior four-legged family members their happiest and healthiest lives. Now join our senior pet experts, veterinarian Dr. Stacey Bone and animal health insider Ron DeVries as they discuss why old age is not a disease. Welcome, everybody, to the Senior Pep Podcast. I am veterinarian Dr. Stacy Bone, and Ron is not with me today. If you've listened to a lot of our other um, podcasts, you'll know that Ron is my co-host, typically sits across the table from me and he is not here. And that is because we are launching a brand new series of podcasts called The Bite-Sized Pod. And basically, that's just going to be me sitting down and talking about issues that are going on in veterinary medicine. So today, let's talk about the coronavirus. So for reference, it's February 28th. 2020. And as of today, a new coronavirus is infecting the human population and has spread pretty rapidly across the globe, causing a lot of concern and fears. That virus has been named COVID-19. And naturally, when anything happens, we want to know, can our pets be at risk with what's going on around the world? So I wanted to answer that question because I see it searched a lot. I've seen a lot of misinformation on social media and I wanted to just give everybody a location that they could go to listen and figure out what's going on. So if you're one of those people who just really wants to know the answer, I'll get to that right now, which is as of today, we have shown No evidence that COVID can infect and cause disease in dogs or cats. And I'll be 100% honest with you. Things are evolving and they're evolving very rapidly. Believe it or not, this is the third time I've recorded this episode because things are changing really rapidly. And as of this morning a news article launched that said that a dog has tested positive using nasal and oral swabs for COVID-19 the important thing is is that that dog is not sick and the other important thing is, is that it was a very weak positive. So the issue with that is, is that this could be environmental contaminant. It could be a, a wrong test that happens a lot in veterinary medicine. So I don't think it's really a, a significant worry, but we'll keep an eye on the news and we'll kind of update everybody as things change. If you're interested, you could follow our blog at pawfriction.com and we'll, we'll kind of update that one pretty regularly with the information that's coming out now. Let's talk about coronavirus in our dogs and cats. So coronavirus has been around for a long time and there's many different coronaviruses out there and there's no difference in our pets. Um, Canine coronavirus is kind of an interesting one. So if you Google canine coronavirus, you're going to get results. There are results out there and we've known about this virus for a really long time so coronavirus in our, in our dogs causes enteritis. So it's an enteric virus. It gets into the intestines and causes symptoms. Typically, those symptoms are very mild diarrhea, and treatment is supportive. Often, these are so mild that the animal actually doesn't even show any real significant symptoms, and we don't really typically even diagnose them. So there is a vaccine available for coronavirus in dogs, but AHA, which is one of our kind of big bodies of, of people who give out um, regulations and guidelines on vaccination, really don't even recommend vaccinating our dogs for it because the disease is mild, it's self-limiting, and it typically occurs in dogs less than six weeks of age. So don't run to your veterinarian and get a coronavirus vaccine. A of all, they don't probably don't need it, And B of all, it's not going to protect against this new virus if it does happen to show up in dogs or in cats for that matter. And speaking of cats, coronavirus does a little bit of an interesting thing in cats. So, coronavirus is kind of endemic in cats. If you, if you test a lot of cats, you're going to find it and typically doesn't cause any symptoms, but what it can do is it can mutate and it can mutate into a disease process called FIP or feline infectious peritonitis. And FIP is a pretty, um, rough disease. It it causes a lot of issues. And unfortunately we don't have a lot of great treatments for it. There's some new ones on the horizon that we've been using and having somewhat decent success for. And I think as of today, they're taking that drug and, and hopefully, you or, or they are using it to try to treat coronavirus in people. So remains to be seen if it'll be a, a, effective, but I think all of us are kind of watching it and hoping that it has some efficacy against the coronavirus. So that's kind of the long and the short of coronavirus in dogs and cats, but again, it is not COVID-19. It's different strains that cause totally different disease processes. So don't run to your veterinarian and get a coronavirus vaccine. It's just not worth your time or your money. Now, let's um move on because there's a lot of questions that people have been having. So I pulled some of the most common ones, did some research, and, and most of this stuff comes from the Wasava website, which came out with kind of a list of questions and answers that cover a lot of what people are concerned about with um COVID-19. So let's go over some of these questions. So again, can COVID-19 infect domestic animals? It does not appear that that is the case, what we are seeing now is that there was a dog that tested positive but again that dog was not clinical should i avoid pets or other animals if i'm sick yeah i mean we typically always recommend that especially with coronaviruses again Um, There's are a lot of viruses and things that can transmit back and forth. And if you're really sick, we we don't want you handling your pets because your immune system is compromised. And so I know that's tough because we all like to just cuddle up with our animals when we don't feel good. But it is probably better to to not do so. And they are recommending that, um, you know, basically this is what Wasava says is until we know more, avoid contact with animals and wear a face mask if you must be around animals or care for a pet in order to protect the pet from the possibility of disease transmission. The next question is, what should I do if my pet or other animal becomes ill and was around a person with novel coronavirus? And the answer here is call your vet. Don't go to the vet, call them and just say, hey, this is what's going on because there's a risk to the staff. You know, if that animal does potentially pass that disease, we've just put the entire vet staff at risk. So talk to them, tell them what's going on, and hopefully they can guide you on, um, you know, how to proceed with dealing with your animal. If my pet or other animal has been in contact with someone who is sick, can they spread the, d- the disease to other people? The answer is we don't know that yet. Again, there's no evidence, but it's a rapidly evolving situation, and we will try to stay on top of it as much as we can. Um, what are the concerns regarding pets that have been in contact with people infected with this virus? Uh, again, because the virus seems or appears to have emerged from an animal so- source, it does now seem to be a person-to-person spreading and it spreads via respiratory droplets. So again, I mean, we we don't think that they're going to act as what are called fomites, and fomites transfer disease back and forth, but we we really don't know this yet. And the final question is, is if I live in an area where the virus is active, what do I do with my pets? Well, short answer is, um, you know, Limit the amount of time outside. Certainly don't go to dog parks or things of that nature. Go outside to use the bathroom. Come back in. Um, you know, Don't go to daycare. Don't go to other things. You know, Just common sense stuff whenever we have an outbreak in your area. And that's pretty much everything that Wasava has outlined. So that covers that part. The final thing I wanted to mention is, is I've seen a lot of information about people who are prepping or are preppers. And, and I do think that it's logical to, to believe that with what's going on in China and other countries, that supply lanes and shipping lanes could be disrupted and that might affect our dog food and cat food distribution. So it may be not a bad idea if you are a prepper, and I'm not recommending this, but if you are a person who plans um, you know, to to actually prep for your pets as well. And what we recommend is is typically keeping food and water and litter on hand. Well, how much, I, I can't tell you on the litter, that depends on your personal pets, how many you have, how often they go to the bathroom, if they have coexisting issues. But just get enough to last you a couple of months. For food, a rough rule of thumb is you want to give them, or you want to have on hand about three to four months worth at any given time. And the way you figure that out is a very rough rule of thumb is a dog and a cat will consume half their body weight in pounds per month. So said another way, a 100 pound dog would need about 50 pounds of food a month and so you would want about 150 pounds of food in your house. Now, again, that does vary depending on the calorie concentration of the food and stuff like that, but it's just a rough rule of thumb, a rough guideline that you can kind of follow. And finally is water. Um, we don't expect that water supplies are going to be disrupted. A viral outbreak is not like an earthquake or anything like that. But if you want to be ultimately prepared, uh, we recommend an ounce per pound per day of water on hand for four-year pets as well. And that's it. I mean, that is kind of everything that we know about the coronavirus again. Um please keep an eye on our blog for updated information and stuff like that. We'll try to update that regularly. Honestly, it's a little bit more difficult to update the podcast, but I wanted to give everybody kind of an outlet where they could listen and get an idea of what's going on so um, please reach out to us if you have any questions at all our email address is theseniorpetpodcast at gmail.com and we will speak with you again soon thank you for listening to the senior pet podcast be sure to subscribe to catch our next episode and follow us at the senior pet podcast on your social media of choice The information in this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional veterinary advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your veterinarian with any concerns about your individual pet.